the following podcast contains explicit language. Don't be such a Philly dirtbag. What's good, everybody? You are listening to the Post Bougie Podcast for the week of February 28th, the end of Black History Month. Um, I'm here with my kinfolk, uh, Jamel Bowie. What's good? Hello. Jamel's a staff writer at Slate, and he's part of the PB fam since way back. I'm here with Taryn Hall, uh, another part of the PB fam, who is here uh, in, with me in the studio today. Hey, Gene. And, of course, we have uh, Brokey McPoverty, Tracy Clinton, who is a staff writer at BuzzFeed. What's good, Tracy? What's up? All right, so let's get into it. We wanted to talk about Black History Month. Um, Woot! <laughs> um, it's the end of Black History Month, um, and it's one of those things that I think everyone here has sort of complicated relationships to, or at least I do. Um, but we wanted to bring Tracy here because Tracy had this blog, this Tumblr that blew up a couple years ago called Little Known Black History Facts. It was full of, you know, random shit like uh, first first black person I wish a motherfucker would and with that. Um, with Wait, you should also clarify with awesome, like, sassy, hilarious black and white, like, throwback pictures <laughs> um, that really added to the kind of hilarity of the whole thing. So you see a picture of like your great grand somebody like that looks like your great great grandmother and like a black and white daguerreotype saying <laughs> Millie James first first person to put poison in her man's collard greens. You know what I mean? <laughs> For the record, I tried not to include facts about murdering people, okay. so oh. that one may not be one of mine. First person to say you put your foot in them collard greens. Right? Yes, that sounds more accurate. All right, that sounds that sounds more keeping with. So. Tracy, you started this thing a couple years ago. It was like sort of the thing that put you on a lot of people's radar, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there a lot of pushback when you st- when you first started doing this? Listen, there was a ton of pushback, and it, well, the most interesting part that I love, I kind of tout this as like a, a sign that I like officially made it. Bun B, <laughs> <laughs> the fame. Bun, Bun B from UGK. Bun B from UGK um, had a few words to R. say R. about Instagram. I, I think his <laughs> alias was Tony Snow. No, no one, no one listened to UG, UGK besides me. I enjoy them, but I didn't know it was Tony Snow. Is it Tony Snow? Like Tony Snow, like three of us. Like Tony Snow, like from Fox. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, so, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think, I think, I think precisely they referred to each other as Big Dick Cheney and Tony Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard yes, Big so. Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so Bun B came at you for your your little known black. Yeah, influence? I mean, obviously he didn't know that it was like me, the person behind the the blog but I mean by this time and this is when I knew that it was like officially its own like huge thing that I could no longer police because um a lot of like it became a, an internet meme with like people making their own little known black history facts and including different pictures and a little bit of um background about like the blog and what the point of the blog is and everything like it started on um twitter um back in my um underemployed days I had a lot of free time <laughs> okay. on my hands and, uh, you know, it was Black History Month and everybody was doing the, you know, here's the cool thing about Black History Month. Martin Luther King did some uh, some great shit that you've already heard about, obviously. And so I was just kind of thinking, you know what, what about like the unsung heroes of Black History? Like, who was the first person to put like a bill in like their child's name or something? Who was that person? Let's celebrate this person. And so we just started playing around on um, Twitter with a hashtag. I think the hashtag was like Little Known Black History Facts, which in retrospect is way too long for a hashtag yeah, to go viral. Long, so I don't know how it did. I know. Um, um, so started off on Twitter, moved it to. Um, Tumblr, and then people started making their own and putting them on Twitter and Instagram. And I noticed that a lot of them, like, like people would make jokes that I wouldn't particularly make. 
um, not because I feel like, you know, black history is like this um, velvet thing that should only be treated with like respect and care. But like, I do think there are some lines that shouldn't be crossed. For example, like some people would take like pictures of Emmett Till's body, Mm. you know, and like attach some like really ridiculous, like the first nigga that uh, didn't believe some dude, just like something, just like really, really too much. And I feel like um, eventually stuff like that really, really overshadowed some of the more innocuous ones. Um, and so, what about, the, say that, what about the people but, who didn't think what you were doing was innocuous, right? I mean, what, so what was, what was the, like, the essence of Bun B's criticism of you? Like, uh, it was basically that we need to respect ourselves before we can respect other people. Like, we can expect other people to respect us. Right. So the actual um, picture that he posted on his Instagram was, um, it was like a qua- it was a quadrant of um, four different little known black history facts that other people had made. Like none of them were mine. Just wanted to point that out. And over it, it had the words "Stop the disrespect of Black History Month." And then in the comment, he was just very much the you know we can't get mad when other people disrespect us if we can't respect ourselves and blah 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 blah. And I was just like, wow, this is coming from a man who frequently has half dressed women twerking on any variety of subjects in his videos, you know? So is it that disrespect is only disrespect when you deem it disrespect? He so can't respect a- the ancestors and appreciate twerking? Those things are mutually I mean, exclusive? I mean... He can't, can but we- he can't, like, can't throw stones of ourselves the houses. Exactly. Like, I mean, it just shows, like, how arbitrary and subjective this idea of, like, respect is. And I was like, okay. What was the worst thing that someone said to you as this was going on? And did you take any of it personally when people were saying, like... Uh, no, I didn't take any of it personally because I fully expected to get that and more. Um, so I don't really, like, have a barometer for, like, the worst thing that was said because all of it was basically about, you know, how disrespectful you're making this all look bad. You know, cool, I expected that. But my favorite pieces of criticism came from people who assumed, because when this first started, and have my, um, I don't think I had my picture in my avatar on Twitter, so I got mistaken for a man all the time, which I thought was really interesting. But um, a lot of the people who, like, wrote in and sent their angry emails were like, you know, you're a white man. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to have your history, like, skewed. And I was like, interesting. I actually do because I'm actually neither white nor a man. So I, I thought it was very, very interesting that that was what so many people, like, assumed of, like, the type of person that would dare joke about Black History Month in full view of, like, mixed company, you know? It seems like, though, that, that one of the things you were run up against is this thing that I think a lot of us feel about Black History Month, right, is that um, it sort of exists almost uh, not in opposition. Okay. It it seems like the thing you're, you're, you're talking about is this thing that I think a lot of us feel about Black History Month that is like it has to be treated with just reverence, right? Um, and Black yeah. History Month seems almost, in a lot of ways... Um, in opposition to, to history or in opposition to like to, to like a deeper understanding of history not not because it's meant to be that way but sort of the the way we're supposed to treat Black History Month is just like with reverence right we sort of put our hands on our heart and say look at Carter G. Woodson look at Booker T. Washington let's look at George Washington Carver and it's not it's not like a thing that we talk about history as like a a sort of a thing that is supposed to be debated about and right. like argued about and sort of you know or, what I mean? or even history as as more than just a bunch of little facts about people but history as these people's actually actual lives right. i mean the best the, the very best historical inquiry uh really looks at historical figures as people right mm-hmm. as people existing in in a in a grounded time and mm-hmm. not as like you know not as uh but, titans not as not as whatever just like as people and so you know black history month booker t washington is like booker t washington found a tuskegee institute isn't that awesome right but like a more interesting look at booker t washington would be like well why you know what 
what was his life like? What was he what was he trying to do uh given the circumstances of his time? Like where did he run into pushback? Like who did he disagree with? Like what was his status vis-a-vis the world around him? Right, absolutely. Um, so you so giving more context to right. what like n- not just having these free-floating facts of just like Things that are th- like, what purpose do they do that? Right, right, right. I mean, so many of the Black History Month people that we learn about. I mean, like l- last year, just joking around, had to, I was like, "What? All right, can we like?" I was like, "What the fuck did George Washington Carver really do?" That's all I asked. Right. right. I went down the rabbit <laughs> hole, and it turned out that like George Washington Carver didn't do a whole lot. Like he was a really, <laughs> really famous black dude at a time when like being a black dude in public life he's like one of the most famous dudes in America at one point right but like he was not he actually did not accomplish much like that like sort of had any long lasting he had mm-hmm. a couple patents or not a couple patents but he like there's a bunch of stuff he like introduced into the world but no one right none of that stuff ever sort of had traction none of that exists um, and, and that doesn't mean we have to excise George Washington Carver from our discussion sure. of history, but we can say something like George Washington Carver was an incredibly famous person at his time. He was a famous person in part because there just weren't that many black people in American right. life that had any prominence. So irrespective of what he did, uh, he he had this fame and this sort of respect. And it's, it's actually very tragic <laughs> that uh, – he didn't do all that much. Right. There's this great line in his, in his bio of him and it's sort of like, you know, the reason he didn't accomplish much is because there were barriers for him. Like, the irony is that he became a uh, a really famous scientist and not an accomplished scientist. And mm. His blackness kept him from being an accomplished scientist, but it also paradoxically made him a really famous scientist, right? Um, but I said that that night when I was writing that story and I was finishing it up, I said that at a... I was at Busboys and Poets. Mistake number one. I was at, <laughs> at Busboys and Poets and I mentioned this uh, to our friend Angela Flunder, one of her friends, and they, they were like... They're like literally black scientists from like Cornell University and they got pissed at me. Like I was just like... I was, I was like... I didn't make this up. They were like, don't you be talking bad about no George Washington Carver. Oh. It was like... It was last February. I was like... I was like, y'all think your friend's about to fight me? Like it was... Cr- Crazy. We're about to go to blows over George Washington Carver. It was crazy. Of all the things you could fight about. I know, I know. That would have been the nerdiest, <laughs> bougiest fight ever. You know. <laughs> It'd be great if regu- things like that happen on the regular, like the police come the and they're thing- like, get another George Washington Carver here. <laughs> you know the code. You know what I think is interesting, though? I think some of the, like, sacredness around Black History Month also kind of has a similar... There is a similar aura around other, like, Black institutions or other things Mm -hmm. that should be, like, don't you go talking bad about, insert Greek organization, don't you go talking bad about the Black church and the Black family. They've done so much for the community. How dare Mm -hmm. you? Yeah, but it's, like... It's just... It's annoying. It's annoying, but also means you can't engage with them, like, in any kind of way other than just reverence right Mm -hmm. right um it's also just misguided like i i I do understand the impulse to say don't air our dirty laundry in public but to be honest you know (laughs) making sure our laundry stays clean in public isn't going to stop you know the public from saying shitty things about black people so why (laughs) why even why even care what they think i mean there's literally nothing we can do to stop that reaction um, also, it's such a huge burden to like place on yourself to make yourself responsible for what literally the rest of the world thinks about you and all of your people. Right. You know, like we hold ourselves to a standard of perfection that not even white people can meet. You know, like can oh, you imagine? No, if, they like, cannot. <laughs> can you imagine if we were not allowed to talk about the shitty parts of like white history? Like, yeah, oh no. no, we have to keep this like 
sterling. We have to be perfect all the time. We're not going to talk about the Holocaust. What? <laughs> yeah, and it's not even we're like we, we're, you, you want like a shittier conversation, a conversation about shitty parts of black life so much as you want to have a conversation that like allows people. We have a critical people, conversation. Right, to yeah, be like that allows full humans, people. Allows right. to be like human. Full human beings, right? Right. So what do you guys think of the Morgan Freeman argument? Like they shouldn't be teaching Black History Month. It should just be part of history. Like do you think there should be? I think <clears throat> Morgan Freeman has too many moles. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't well, didn't he marry his? Uh, That's what I thought. Granddaughter too, or his granddaughter? Right. Yeah. Famous people are weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. So I'm, I'm sort of, in, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that as like a pedagogical point, mm-hmm. right? That you actually, it's actually very difficult to teach good American history that mm-hmm. does not include the experiences of what is the what is among the oldest american tribes sure. right like mm-hmm. if there's any if honestly if there's any group in the united states um not native americans aside who you can say are the most authentically american mm-hmm. it is african americans mm-hmm. in part because the african american identity is fully forged in the united states mm-hmm. like right. without america there are no black americans right. there are still english there are still irish all these mm-hmm. other groups have identities that are separate from the american experience and black americans do not mm-hmm. um this is this is this in a United States in a sense is the singular homeland of Black Americans, right? Uh, and so, if you want to, you know, have any kind of halfway intelligible American history, you kind of have to include that stuff. Even even in the you know Southern Virginia, where we still celebrated Lee Jackson King Day until like oh. ten years ago. Look. What is there? Oh. What, do, what do you guys celebrate now? Is it just it's just, uh, just King MLK Day? Day. It's okay. just King Day now. They changed it. Yeah, yeah, they changed it like in 2000, 2000 actually. Huh. I think Governor Gilmore was like, we should probably stop doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, even even down there, you know, there's an attempt to actually include black history. Just sort of you, you have to do it. And that, can, I mean, I guess, how can you not, though? Right. I mean, you, you you're not? making this point, but like, I don't know, being from Virginia with family from like Mississippi is like, how do you think all this, like all this tobacco and cotton got picked? How right. do you think all these people like made their money? What do you think? Like, I mean, you know, if you want, if you want to go even deeper than that, like there's a strong case to make that American conceptions of freedom are pretty much dependent on the fact that we were a slave. We were, we were slaveholding colonies, mm-hmm. right? That Thomas Jefferson could wax harmonic about freedom, not only because he had people to do labor for him, but because he had a concrete example of what unfreedom looked like. Mm-hmm. It, it became the contrast point for what was not – for what freedom could be, which isn't the case in Europe, right, where there's so many gradations of social positioning that it was sort of hard for theorists to come up with like a concrete definition of freedom. In the United States, freedom was not slavery, and that was very concrete, mm-hmm. um, so pedagogically, Morgan Freeman, I think, is kind of right. Politically, though, I think there's real value in having a Black History Month. I think, it's, I think it says something politically uh, for the country to say, we uh, value our black cit- fellow citizens so much that we're going to have a month dedicated to celebrating their particular history. Right. So I guess the, the argument is always not about whether Black History Month should be – whether Black History should be learned so much as like we have a month that is sort of reduced to black achievement, right? Which right. I think is like a different thing, right? right? I mean I think, you know, like the kind of stuff that like – I remember reading uh, Isabel Wilkerson's The Warmth of Other Suns, which mm-hmm. I think is a like one of the four or five best books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a masterwork. But it's also like a history that is sort of – you know, I, I was not learning this like sort of this gigantic cataclysmic uh, shift in American life that had all these political consequences um, and all these economic consequences and all these cultural consequences because we were learning about, you know uh, – 
Mary Anderson, shout out to Mary Anderson, South Philly. But like, you know, um, <laughs> like we learn about her singing at the Met. And, and those things don't need to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. But the Mary Anderson thing is done at the expense of sort right. of like this is the Great Migration, right? This mm-hmm. is like this is these are things that have ch- like changed American cities. These things have changed American life. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that goes back to the idea of that everyday blackness is as impactful and as a, as powerful that history is as powerful as any MLK, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think... I don't know. I just... I, when you think about it, like, these individual black lives, you know, it seems small because everybody has, like, a relative. Like, my grandparents came from Mississippi, moved to Detroit, California, Virginia, like, all these, like, other places. But when you look at it, like, in the, like, macro level, it's like... You're right. Like there's this bigger impact. So I don't know. That's mm. the point that I was. Trying. I think that's absolutely. I think that is absolutely right. Um, and you can, I can, you can easily imagine a way of talking about black achievement in that kind of context mm-hmm. to say that you know, you can say Mal- You can have a day, a Malcolm X day, right? And then you can say you can have a broader conversation, like, well, how did Malcolm X even get to where he was? Mm-hmm. Like, here is. Here is a story of how lots of young men and women mm-hmm. like him mm-hmm. got to the cities they were in. And, right. like, you can incorporate people's everyday lives and mm-hmm. people's family histories. And mm-hmm. that – I mean, yeah, that to me is as fascinating as, as any, you know, bundle of facts about, you know – May Jameson? Whoever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever used to get those um, – there were, like, these, like – booklets that were like white and they had like Mae Jameson and Carter G. Woodson and like a I did get yeah. you know yeah. every black history Wait, what? I had one with uh, Dudley like... Marshall I remember that one specifically he looked just like my uh, my chemistry teacher in high school <laughs> I remember like oh shit Mr. Garvin looks just like Thurgood Marshall um, but <laughs> <laughs> like the little things like what do you guys think about the little like inserts and like 365 black that like McDonald's does I think and like all the little like tchotchkes that come around us along with black history so there's two things there so like I so personally so I went to an elementary school that was all entirely black right mm-hmm. and so and I went to um, a middle school that was like 60-70% black I went to a high school that was like 90% black so I always grew up around black people's black shit around me all the time it, it wasn't mm-hmm. a thing that I felt like I mean it was just in the ether all the time so it didn't seem like a thing that was sort of partitioned in, you know in this one month um, but um I almost made a partition. Joke. I knew. I, I as soon as, as soon as you look in the direction, I was like, "Here we go." Um, but um, the other thing is like, so I used to work at this publication, which will remain nameless. And one of the things that people said was like, "Hey, y'all, it's Black History Month. We have to have Black History content because it's the Super Bowl for advertisers, right?" One of the things that happens is like your Lincolns, your you know your your big you know your your McDonald's, whatever. They want a place to put like Black themed advertising, right? Um, and so they want this month is like a place for them to like to sort of you know to uh, like a, it's like a Go place ham. where they can yeah they can rally around this month <laughs> and say this is where we're going to do all of our big pushes like you know you have your you know your your candles and you hear and you know giant oh corporation X celebrates Black History Month. Keep your eyes on the prize. Exactly, and it's like, are you selling me? Are you selling me batteries right now? You know what I mean? And so you know, I mean. I, I mean, obviously, it's, it's America, right? So everything sort of gets corrupted that way, and Black History Month would not be... It's America, so everything sort of gets bent that way and corrupted that way. So Black History Month should not be an exception. Um, but it is, like, a very specific thing, I think, in sort of our media landscape where people think of it that way, at least in, on the commercial side of our media landscape. One kind of weak case for the achievement-based kind of uh, Black History Month is that, as so Jean went to mostly Black... 
uh, primary and secondary school. I went to mostly white schools, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, by high school, I had heard a lot of white kids say the equivalent of "What have black people ever done?" Um, and so I think there's, you know, to to highlight black achievement, I think it's a bit useless for black people. For white people, it actually, might be pretty useful at the same time i can also easily imagine the backlash like we don't have to highlight white achievement because white people have done everything i just <laughs> rolled my eyes listeners um uh and I, I now that i say that out loud i think it even i think it strengthens the reasons for why you know celebrations of black history ought to be more textured mm-hmm. um and ought to talk more about sort of the um the way you know, black Americans uh, have kind of influenced the course of American history in like a wide variety of ways, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, just recently I was talking to my partner about how during the Revolutionary War, black, uh, blacks escaping to British lines was like a serious problem for the American war effort. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I was having the same conversation with my girlfriend too recently. It's so funny. Uh, that's the kind of thing that would be interesting to learn in a, learn during Black History Month. Absolutely, because those black slaves, those enslaved black people, were like liberty. Our liberty depends on the Who wins it? yeah, exactly. Right, right. And it is not the Americans winning it, right? right. Um, and so people like enlisted with you know with the with the British Army, which is like a thing that like complicates the story of like American mm-hmm. the American Revolution quite a bit, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it was funny because I, I was I went down the same rabbit hole recently because it was just like oh, <laughs> it, and it, and I think this is sort of the thing. Is, so wait, so what did your partners say about like were they like oh wow I had never even thought about that or was this like like why was it like vexing to you? No, there was a I forget exactly the context it was. She was reading something. She was reading something aloud about. Uh, which is the thing about George Washington being a slave catcher? Yes, it was a slave yeah. catcher thing. Yeah, but it was but it was something. So there was a. We should explain this. Uh, so there was a, a New York Times piece. Just I think it was New York Times. It was a Times yeah. um, about how George Washington, in addition to being a freedom fighter, also was very very solicitous of his slaves, mm-hmm. and um, in particular, he spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania during his presidency because that's where the capital of the United States was. Fully represent. Um, and the thing about Pennsylvania is that. Uh, if you if you if a if a slave were there for a sufficient amount of time, like six months, I think it was right. Pennsylvania law said that they were free. So so Washington would take his slave, like he would get up to right up to the the cutoff point and take right. his his slaves out of the out of Pennsylvania, right, to restart the clock, as it were. Okay, right. can I? I need to say something about this. Okay, so being from Virginia too, I just uh. I don't know, like the whole like kind of mythology around the Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Mm-hmm. It makes it makes me want to claw my eyes out. It um, there's a really great, very early Dave Chappelle stand-up joke about this that I love a lot. Oh. Um, he he's like, you know, time travel is different for black people and white people. Oh. If I go back in time to the George Washington era. You know, my my buddy Chip will be like, look, look, Dave, it's George Washington, the father of our country. <laughs> I would say, run, nigga, it's George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back, like you guys like talked about your growing up experiences. I went to like a, a early elementary and middle school, went to a black uh, Catholic school that was very much like uh, Sister Act 2, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Like Aww. black singing nuns everywhere. Yeah, black as shit. Kind, you know, nobody was Catholic except for the nuns. <laughs> so it was like you, Lauren Hill, and that dude from City High. Yes, just yes, exactly. Harmonizing. 
Exactly. And then the high school I went to was an all-girls, mostly mm-hmm. white high school, mm-hmm. um, Catholic school. Um, and the difference, like, it just, I don't know. And then I just, I remember going in, like, senior or junior year, going to UVA, and then being like, oh, like, Thomas Jefferson, like, da 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 he's so great. And I remember being like, but where's, what about Sally, though? Like, I just, I remember, like, people being really enraptured with the history of the place and the beauty of the place. But, like, there's this whole other side that, like, people kind of gloss over. And I guess, as a, I don't know, like, as a a black Virginian, it's always hard to kind of reconcile those two things. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's, um, it's it's funny. At Monticello, uh, if, uh, last time I was there in the tour group, someone asked about Sally Hemings and the tour guide Said something to the effect of, now, this hasn't been completely corroborated. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and there are a lot, there's lots of eye-rolling in the audience. Are you serious? Uh, but, no, it's... Eye-rolling at his, his his argument that it wasn't corroborated. But yeah. didn't they yeah. have, like, DNA testing? Yeah, it's yes. all, it's all they been corroborated. They took him I mean, on Maury. So what? <laughs> look at the nose, Maury. Look at the nose. You want to tell me that's not his kid? Uh, it what's what's it, just as an aside. What's interesting about all of this is that uh, in the local black community of the Charlottesville Albemarle area, which people don't know this because UVA is just so blindingly white, but like Charlottesville is twenty percent black. Mm-hmm. Um, that people had talked about that stuff forever. Like old black people in in that area, would be like, oh yeah, Tom Jefferson had a bunch of black kids. I know, I know one of the grandkids. Right. Like it's just a thing that people knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's sort of funny to see how like history had to catch up. With history, as right. a, as or sense. people's history, like people's perceptions of history, are right. like totally, con- totally different. Yeah, and I think so. And this is to your larger point about sort of how American history is not mythology, but that's the way it's taught to us is mythology. Right. And so, Black history, the history of Black people in America is always sort of this like really, like uh, really pointed rejoinder to that mythology. You know what I mean? I could understand why people are like so averse to have been historically so averse to incorporating into it. Because you can't have a story about these, like, these wonderful right. patriots who are, like, magnanimous, you know, and munificent, and then also have this, you have to right. reconcile the fact that they, like, you know, that George Washington spent the rest of his life hunting down this one woman who escaped from his, his um, escaped from his uh, captivity. You know? and, and it raises other questions, too, right? If we're going to celebrate the American Revolution and we're going to celebrate George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton and a group of men who, you know, rather than rather than using reason to try to win their independence, we're like, let's grab some guns and kill some Brits. Um, what do we say about Nat Turner? Right. What do we say about Denmark Vesey? Mm-hmm. Right. What do we say about uh, African-American men and women who decided that their best chance for freedom was to kill some white people? Mm-hmm. Um, those are really uncomfortable questions. Like they're, it, it is hard. On on one hand, you want to say no, violence is bad, but then look at our history. Like right. obviously, right. <laughs> obviously, obviously that violence can be very useful. So why is violence not useful for enslaved people, mm-hmm. but was useful for um, their owners? Right. And so those, you know, those questions are so tough and so difficult that like adults. Don't want to talk about them. Um, a couple years back in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, there's a group that's been trying to get a, a statue of Denmark Vesey put up. Mm. And uh, there are people in Charleston who are like, you know, we can't do that. He was a terrorist. He tried to kill people. What? Uh, you know, right. why couldn't he just work through legitimate channels? <laughs> right. The legitimate channels are available to enslaved people. That is so infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the thought of that is just... 
just appalling and infuriating. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but if if Denmark Beast is a terrorist, and why isn't George Washington? Mm. Right, right. I mean, and you can look at. I mean, and this is sort of the the. I think the way Black history complicates all of American history is that um, if you look at something like so. This week I was writing a story on Clemson University. Clemson University. One of its principal founders was this guy named uh, Benjamin Tillman. Benjamin Tillman was. Uh, he was a governor and senator from South Carolina. Um, Benjamin Tillman was also a raging white supremacist. Um, and his, a, the statue of him that like stands outside of – I mean the main hall at Clemson is called Tillman Hall. It's named after him. There's a statue of him that stands outside of uh, of South Carolina state capitol. And like people are like, hey, he was a hero. He was like a – you know, he was uh, a, a major figure in post-Reconstruction America. And for all these other people are like, yo – this dude was a fucking terrorist. Like, I mean, not like in an in an abstract way. I mean, his policies set the standard right. for for Jim Crow throughout the South, right? I mean, he like actively campaigned on the subjugation and like bragged about seeing black people killed, like and being there when black people were killed. You know what I mean? And that's like part of the history and mythology of this country. Um, that people say, oh, but that was a long time ago and whatever. And I just I feel like the stuff that's always fascinating about Black History Month is not. Again, I don't. I don't want to keep shading George Washington Carver. You know what I mean. <laughs> let's uh, let's shade. Uh, uh, who is the first black uh, millionaire? What was her name? Madam C. Uh, J. Walker. Walker. Let's shade Madam C. J. Walker. But the thing about even she's okay, been burning people's hair out for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about C. J. Walker, which is she's like a really complicated figure, and this is why it makes her fat. Like why you can't be like she invented the hot comb. One, she didn't. That's number one. But she invented two, the perm. She, no, she invented the the was it the per, y'all y'all do this. I don't know this. The pressing. The, the press. The curl. The perm. I'm somebody. Go. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the three set process to watch, press curl and watch. I thought she just mixed the lie up and created. You laughing over there, Tracy? I don't. <laughs> I thought she created perm. No, no, no. She didn't create perm. She invented, she invented the perm. <laughs> See, this is the other thing. Now, Al Sharpton invented the perm. <laughs> no, he perfected. The perm. He perfected the perm. <laughs> no, this is the issue, though. This is the issue. We have all these little nuggets and facts that don't like have any real yeah. use, and then when you try to like spit them back on a podcast you can't do it because they're like meaningless and don't have any like right there, real... no right exactly <laughs> I mean so CJ Walker she was like she was even Madam at the time CJ Walker Madam CJ Walker she changed her name she set up like this huge like <laughs> um this like universe of, of of like schools to teach people to be beauticians black people and black women black so men and black like women she's like the Carol's daughters of like basically yeah. right she's like sort of she was an entrepreneur she obviously got all this money she was caking it up and, like uh Booker T Washington all people was like would not let her be part of this like gigantic black negro entrepreneur association because he was like you're you're uh you're championing this white standard of beauty but a lot of that was because booker t washington was a fucking sexist like you know what i mean and like yes she was a complicated figure because she was like black people can't advance until we get clean until we like present ourselves a certain way and so she was mm-hmm. all about that respectability but that's like who she like in her time or whatever but also she was actually like trying to empower people in the constraints of the time you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there wasn't she was a, a much more interesting figure than like she invented the hot comb and she became a millionaire. Like that thing that doesn't sort of um, that doesn't sort of that's the least interesting thing right, about right. CJ Walker. And, and in fact, a more complicated picture for would actually I think have more relevance to like a bunch of teenagers, right? Like who cares that she was a first black millionaire? But hey, she was wrestling with questions of presentation and respectability right. and mm-hmm. how do you get ahead, and which gender. like actual teenagers today wrestle with. Absolutely mm-hmm. right, exactly. Because it's like, all right, you know, she invented the hot comb. I was like, well, okay. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, and the thing is that I, I feel like so much of these conversations start from the position that black people are just, and a lot of people do believe this. A lot of black people believe that folks are just like, have this deficit of self-esteem. Like, right. the thing I need you to tell me is like, I, I was, I felt so bad about being black until you told me that, you know, about Benjamin Banneker. 
Now I'm like whole. <laughs> like now I'm ready to take on the world. And I and I always <laughs> no, felt I do anything. maybe I, maybe it's because I grew up again like in a universe surrounded by black people. But I was always sort of like this seems extraneous. Not that Benjamin Banneker isn't. I'm glad that information is out there, right? But it also felt like too defensive. Like yeah. I didn't feel like I never felt like this history that I'm, we're a part of was so derelict, right? Mm-hmm. That like it needed to be like. I don't know. I just felt a little bit too like protesting too much. But I understood. But I also I feel bad for saying that out loud. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up with my parents were kind of hippies, so mm. I, when I when I went to the mostly white um, all girl school, my mom was always like, like we would read the history books, but she would be kind of like, now you know, like hippie, like with like some alternate like lessons and stuff. And my grandparents also were like really instrumental in making sure that like we didn't just take like the history books at face value, mm. right? Um, I don't know. So that's just my experience. So. Tracy, what's your experience like with, with Black History Month? Um, well, I was actually just thinking about like how we celebrated Black History. I mean, like Jamil, I went to like I went to white schools literally forever, <laughs> like except for like my kindergarten, <laughs> like elementary, middle, and high school, all very white schools. Um, then I got to college, and that's when things got really, really interesting because it was like aggressively white, like to the point where like I physically didn't feel safe a lot. And um, a part of that reason was because there was, like, so many, like, symbols of the Confederacy, like, all over campus. Um, Confederate flags everywhere. And one of the um, one of the alumni of the school was Jefferson Davis. Oh. Was- Jefferson Davis went to Transy? For, like, two months. Represent. He graduated. I Shout out to Treasonous. The Treasonous. Right. <laughs> exactly. Also, um, Henry Clay was there very briefly, too. Um, but they always seem to be a lot prouder of Jefferson Davis for some reason. You know, like there's, um, I think the boys dorm was named after him, Davis Hall or something like that. I don't know. So I say all this to that say that. That is bananas. It's like, oh, we can go to the Goebbels cafeteria. I mean, Henry Clay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, that's what it's like. Hitler cafeteria. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Um, uh, that's so funny to me because like Henry Clay, not a perfect man, but like an important dude, like d- worthy of your respect. Mm-hmm. Um Jefferson Davis was like not not only was he a traitor, he was like a goddamn coward. Like after yeah. the war, they caught him running away yeah. from Richmond mm-hmm. like a punk. Mm-hmm. But they they're really proud that this guy went to Transy for a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it was. <laughs> he was a ceramics major. Major, did you know? <laughs> probably yeah. so. Black History Month for me in college was always like a source of like excitement because I loved it because it made like all the white folks on campus either really uncomfortable or really mad and that's kind of like what I sought to do <laughs> like all of my time because undergrad that's what you want right like it's like right exactly I mean like it's what you're supposed to do as an angsty militant black mm-hmm. person on a college campus um but at the same time like I knew that like I really really did want to like make it like an official thing where like people really did respect it and like they learned stuff but I knew I was gonna have to be the one to do it you know like they always turn to the the black teachers on campus and like the black people on campus. And like, by the end of my tenure there, I was like, okay, you know what? I don't ever want to like think about black Christmas month for a long time because I really resented how like the administration, like really played up. Oh yeah. We're, this is, we're very serious about this. It's very important and important. I think is a word that white people like to use when it comes to like, uh, things that seek to be positive. 
like in, in conversations about like race and racism, like whenever you bring up an uncomfortable point about racism, like, oh, yes, this is so important. I'm glad you said this. I'm really glad we're having this conversation. It's very, very important. So like they would do the thing. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's really important that we do this and we're really committed to it. But then they wouldn't make any real, like real efforts to like actually do anything, you know, like they would be like, OK, here's the money. You can go ahead and like put everything together. And so, of course, after I graduated from Transy, I moved to Philly because I was like, I need like I need to live in a place where Black History Month happens with or without me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I really want to be just like surrounded by black folks. Um, also, I wanted to say that back in Kentucky, um, back when I used to go to church, believe it or not, I was raised in church. Um, I think it's very, very interesting that the way that I remember us. Um, celebrating Black History Month is not by talking about like Black American history, but like seeking to like pay like homage to like our African roots. And um, I mean, we didn't know how to do that. Like we would have like fashion shows where everybody like wrapped up in like kids' clothes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, like I have actual pictures of me looking real pissed in one of these fashion please, shows. Please, no, please, no, absolutely not. No, never, never. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like, so whenever I think about like celebrating black history and like a black community versus like in mixed company, I always feel like for me, it was about trying to fill in the gaps of things that we were not even taught in school. And this, like, you know, actual African history, as opposed to the the baseball card facts about, you know, your favorite person, George Washington Carver. Your note about how trying to celebrate Black History Month made your college classmates uncomfortable or angry is sort of why I think we should still have Black History Month. <laughs> right? Like, it's just these things make people uncomfortable and they should. Um, a friend of mine used to work at Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's estate. Mm -hmm. And she had an old roommate who once came to visit Mount Vernon and sort of like she gave her a tour and everything. And they went, they got to the slave quarters and these are both white women. And her roommate uh, said something to the effect of, um, why do we even have to go to this part? Why can't we just say it by the nice parts? Right. Um, (laughs) And that's, you know, wait, you could drop in. Why do we even have to go to Southeast? We could just stay <laughs> right, right, the right, street, right? right? Um, and I think I think actually like a month where uh, in in my sort of slightly better world uh, where we talk about Black History in a more comprehensive way, Black History Month would be just like a national month where white people just had to had to <laughs> confront like you know all of black history, which means like the parts that like don't make white people very comfortable. Like mm. think about the thing about the achievement based about black history month is it makes white people feel comfortable. Look, America is a place where everyone can achieve. Even this people we oppress for a couple hundred years. And mm. it's like, let's do more than that. Right. Absolutely. Right. Let's... I don't, I'm not pro white guilt, but like sometimes it can be very useful. <laughs> sometimes it's fun too. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> evil like I know. sometimes it's wonderful <laughs> I mean uh, uh, uh. meanwhile shout out remember shout out to Jefferson Davis <laughs> <laughs> so funny um so this is not black history related but it is related to black excellence black excellence um are we gonna talk about empire or nah no we're not gonna do it this week we're definitely <laughs> gonna talk about empire we're, gonna, we're definitely gonna talk about it at some point on behalf of Jamel Bowie uh, Taryn Hall and Tracy Clayton this is Gene GD Demby we will see you in two weeks be easy our theme music is Nick's Groove by the Foreign Exchange and shout outs to our podcast producer Channing Kennedy holler at us and sign up for our newsletter at postbougie.com <laughs>